You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Babylon 5 ended a great war and united a hundred alien races in peace. Danger didn't die. It just went underground with new heroes and new evils to carry the torch. We need to make sure they all understand we will not be intimidated. What is wrong with you people? We have to set him against himself. It's an entire new season of Babylon 5 with all new episodes. And so begins. There is a hole in your mind. What do you want? No one here. It's exactly what he appears. Nothing's the same anymore. Commander Sinclair is being reassigned. Why don't you eliminate the entire non-home race? Oh, why don't we Reaching out of the stuff. Who are you? President Clark has signed a decree today declaring martial law. These orders have forced us to declare independence. That's why people get off their encounter-suited butts and do something. You are the one who wants to Zahadu who will die. Why are you here? Do you have anything worth living for? Think of my beautiful city. Giants in the playground. Get the hell out of our galaxy! We are here to place President Clark under arrest. Turn around. Very, very slowly. Hello, Mr. Garibaldi. Good to see you again. I was wondering how you were doing. Whether written, called. Shut up. Obviously haven't improved your manners. And welcome to the Epsilon 3, a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Each week, we review an episode of the 1990s sci fi TV classic Babylon 5. This week, Season 5, Episode 8 In the Kingdom of the Blind. I'm Paul. I'm Dan. I'm Sean. And, and we, we are, are the Epsilon 3. And the synopsis Byron and the Telepath Colony bring an ultimatum to the Interstellar Alliance. And Londo returns to Centauri Prime with Jakar as his bodyguard and discovers intrigue and danger in the royal court. Written by JMS and directed by David J. Eagle, this episode was released on March the 18th, 1998, and takes place from May the 27th to May the 31st, 2262. And the guest stars, Neil Hunt as Minister Vitari, Damien London as Regent, Pastels! Uh, Victor Love as Telepath, Francis X. McCarthy as Minister Vole, Ian Ogilvie, I had to do a double take on that, as Lord Jarno, and David D. Darling as Drazi. Uncredited Bill Blair as Alien. So, Sean, what did you think of this episode? I enjoyed it a heck of a lot more than last week's. So I can tell you that much. Uh, we we had uh, so that's, that's a low bar, though, isn't it? I mean, come on. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, at least we had John, Mike, and Delenn, and Londo and Jakar, so that was good. Oh yeah, it's our main people. Yeah, full cast. Unlike last week's episode, where we just had uh, pretty much the Doctor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. And Lita, if you want to count her as a main character, mm-hmm. I suppose. 
exact but uh no this was uh this was a lot better we got uh some royal court intrigue uh what else did we have here in my notes uh yeah lonjo and jakar we, we do get some more uh byron stuff which kind of brings it down a little bit but you know you can't have everything i suppose mm-hmm. yeah dan what did you think yeah, I mean, last week we had two separate stories. This week we've got two separate stories, but at least the the other one makes it so much better. Uh, it's Londo and Chakar, who who isn't going to like that double act. And we actually get you know uh, the Sheridan, and there's this weird thing where the the um, supply lines are being all attacked all at once. So you know, is it the Drac? Is it you know some other threat that they haven't come across? I guess you know all this sort of stuff. Um, so there's there's more intrigue. There's stuff that we're actually invested in, and we can kind of ignore the the teeps and and whatever the hell is going on there. Um, yeah, I I really enjoyed that political intrigue we're back on centauri prime it just makes for a better episode i think just having that um that whole story unfold and having uh the murder mystery it was quite nice i, I kind of wanted this as a spin-off you know lando and jakar like doing murder mysteries every week uh on centauri prime whilst we go back to what's happening on babylon 5 if we could keep this going i'm more than happy right. for that to happen um every it, week it would have been a great com- a great companion piece sitcom oh absolutely yeah and each week we meet a new lord who we've never met before who gets murdered yes and lando <laughs> like figures it out like colombo style this would be amazing and then jakar is like the one who's always like he's the heavy who's always with him it'd be great it'd be the odd couple in space oh yeah. fantastic yes i could just imagine lando getting to a door turning around and going oh, just one more thing <laughs> I can't do a yes, Russian accent yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah, <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> Beer, uh, just one more thing. Uh, could you get me a drink whilst I figure this out? And he just keeps going and he gets more and more drunk as the investigation goes on. Oh, I'd be brilliant. Uh, yeah, you know, like, you know my, my wives, they'd love you. <laughs> but every week it's the Drac. We always know it's the Drac who caused the murder. But <laughs> every time. Every, yeah. We all know what the res- resolution is. <laughs> Uh, it's like Midsummer Murders, but it's actually on Centauri Prime. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I definitely go for that, but it, unfortunately, it looks like it's just going to be this episode, and then they're going to go back to Babylon Five. Um, but no, it was a lot more enjoyable. And uh, again, there was a Lord um, Ian Ogilvy having a Lord Juno, uh, Janu or Janu. Um, Janu. Oh, I mean, having yeah, having his voice, just having him sat there in that scene where he was. Uh, telling Lando about what's happening in the court this whole time, I was just falling in love with oh. that voice again. Like I, he was in I Claudius. That's where I know him from, uh, and seeing him in the, in that show, it was the the big sort of Roman thing from the nineteen seventies, and just loving that voice. And he was just so smooth. And as he was talking about everything in the royal court, and Lon- Lando, it's wonderful to have you back. And then he dies in the next scene, and I'm like, ah, ah, that's. I, I I hadn't realised he was in I Claudius. I must watch I Claudius at some point because it's getting a, a bit of a resurgence. I think I'm, I have a feeling it is on a streaming service somewhere. It might even be on BBC. It was it was. Um, it, it, I think it's ageless because of the the, the acting quality and even um, you know, Patrick Stewart was in it. So yeah. uh, you know that that the, and that sort of, those sort of quality of actors. They were great actors in those times. I need to look at this. But um, but in Ogilvy, I remember him vaguely from The Saint. Because he was, oh, he was yes. actually like yes, took over from Roger Moore, I think it was. Um, mm. So that music, that iconic music of the Saint, yeah, um, yeah, it is is good. But you could see the quality of his acting, and then when he was sat there with uh, Malari, the, the two of them, 
their acting, but you know, the, the, it just raised it. The whole scene was just fabulous to watch. It was nothing. It contained <laughs> nothing, but it was a perfect scene, full of backstory, full of, you know, the, he said this, good to see you back, and she's done that, and he's done this. And, and it was, like I say, there was no real sort of information. Nothing new came out of it, but it was just two old people having to go, oh, yes, we haven't seen each other for a long time. You know, good to have you back. And, and you think, oh, this, this guy's going to be great for him. He's going to be a, a real ally that he's got here. And the, like I say, the acting quality while he's there, he, his physical acting as well, you know, mm. he, the way he was sitting, the way he'd move, it was beautiful to watch. And then he gets killed in the next scene. <laughs> no! Best he's just a pair of hanging boots at the top <laughs> yeah. of the scene as well. And I bet that was a stand-in as well. <laughs> Bill Blair, probably. Yes! <laughs> Bill, will you put some boots on? We're just going to stick yeah. you up there, right? Oh, dear. Yeah. But yes, I enjoyed this one a lot better than last week, for sure. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway, so let's get on with the review. Garibaldi is giving his analysis of the reports from the Rangers. The latest attacks are not from the typical, uh, not typical of the Raiders. The transporters are being destroyed with their cargoes on board. These are random attacks, and they have hit every member's race. So there is no, uh, there's no one obvious. Oh, there's no one obvious to blame. Sheridan deploys the Rangers along the main shipping lines, as they must find out who is re- responsible for this. On Centauri Prime, Malari is welcomed by Minister Vitari, who says his sense of humour must still be intact if he has a Narn as a bodyguard. Byron has called a meeting of all the telepaths. He tells them about Lita's abilities that have been given to her by the Vorlons. He tells them about the genetic manipulation to create the telepaths by, by the Vorlons in the war against the Shadows. But where does it leave them now that the war is over? Malari has a visit from the Saint. Uh, sorry, from Lord Jarno. Hello, Prime Minister. <laughs> Hello, Jarno. Where have you been? I've been asking for you all day. I was away. I only just now learned of your return. I, I hope this isn't a bad time. No, no, I was just having a drink before bed. Here, sit, my old friend. <laughs> Thank you. It's good to see you again. <sighs> How are you? Well, Sheridan's new alliance is keeping me very busy. Uh, I've come back just to see how things are doing here. He brings news of the Regent. He remains in seclusion. Officially, only his personal physician and a few trusted aides have seen him for, oh, almost two months. And unofficially? He says he walks the corridors at night, talking to himself. Some of the staff have found him wandering the palace late at night. They say he talks to himself, cries, wails, curses, and then falls silent when somebody approaches. Sometimes he says he has something important to tell them, and then... A cloud seems to pass over his face, and he walks away. Once, before his aides could bring him back to his room, he told a guard to kill him, that he was not himself. Of course, he was quite drunk at the time. Well, Ari said the regent was was proud to be sober. I find that very strange. I have known the regent since the first time I came to the royal court. He doesn't drink. He, He cultivated sobriety as his only vice. A break with conventional accepted behavior. Perhaps he's changed. Perhaps. Well, things do seem quieter than when Cartagia was in charge. Oh, quieter, yes, yes. He's been making a lot of uh, reports, top secret. I was updating the status report on our fleet. It's standard protocol. 
when an aide to the regent told me to stop, said that information was for the regent only. And other reports too, grain production, food supplies, oil production, have all, all been reclassified as top secret. Why? I don't know. Nobody does. It's a strange thing, Londo. It's a, a feeling more than anything I can point to. It's as if darkness has fallen over the palace. I've never felt anything quite like it before. But I'm glad you're back, Londo. If anybody can find out what is going on, it's you. And while the regent can refuse to see me, it would be very hard to avoid seeing his own prime minister. All right, General. Keep an eye out for anything else you might consider strange. Let me know what you find out, and I will bring it to the regent myself. Thank you. Jana goes back to his quarters. Perhaps it's nothing, just whispers and rumors. And just once, I would like to find myself wrong about these things. For a change. Good night, Londo. Good night, General. See you in the morning. Oh, yes. But his lights don't work. Lights. Lights. Who's there? He finds the regent in his room. Regent? Is that you? Yes. Yes. So they tell me. And what are you doing here? Why, I came to see you, Lord Jano. <laughs> Why else? And he says it is not for the decor. At one time, he would have said, Pastels for the curtains. But I think we're well beyond pastels now. No, no bright colors anymore. Just darkness. He remembers when Jana was just a child. <laughs> I remember when you were just a child. Emperor Chorhan once picked you up and carried you all around the palace. <laughs> Do you remember? Yes, Regent, I remember. But you shouldn't be here. It's late. You should be asleep. Yes. I suppose I should. He says it's not his decision to harm him. But I wanted to see you. I so wanted to see you again. You do understand, Jano, that if it were my decision, I would never let anyone harm you. I would never let anyone hurt you if it were my decision. But it's not my decision, you see. <laughs> The latest council meeting ends with Sheridan telling the ambassadors that there's an update to the security of their shipping lanes, which will be uploaded to their systems tonight. Sheridan says to Dylan, this is where the screaming starts. As the ambassadors leave, they get into an elevator, and when they leave and split up, they are all followed by telepaths. 
The telepaths that follow them report back to Byron, and Byron says he will now go and speak to Garibaldi. Back on Centauri Prime, Malari has entered the royal court, where he is met by Minister Vitari, who throws in an, another derisory comment about Shakar. When Londo asks where Lord Jarno is, Vitari says he doesn't know and will inquire if that is what he wants. As he leaves, the remaining court ministers start to look at Shakar as though he was something out of a circus. Minister Vole says, Narns are barbarians. Primitives. Turn your back on them for a second, they'll stick a knife in it. A Norn would never stab a Centauri in the back. It has always been our tradition to go for the chest. That way you can see the life go out of their eyes as they fall. Shakar. Just doing my best in the interests of accuracy. So you were in error, it happens. Be assured that I do not carry a grudge. Minister Vole then brings in a guard. It is the guard who whipped Jakar, and he is holding the very same whip. He offers the whip to Jakar and says he will not be charged with anything he does with it. Jakar takes hold of the whip, stands behind the guard, and does nothing. Tell me, Minister, if I were to strike you, which would you be angry at, the hand that struck you or the heart that commanded the hand to strike? Well, the heart, of course. The hand has no choice but to do as it is told. It is the heart that carries the burden, and that heart is dead in both of us, Minister. It died with Cartesia, and it died in me soon after. Besides, everyone knows that the true source of pain is neither the hand nor the heart. It is the mouth. Is it not, Minister? Minister Vitari appears and takes Malari to Lord Jana's room, where he is found hanged. Neither him nor Jakar believe he has killed himself. Byron is meeting with Garibaldi and is asking permission to address the Council for the Alliance. Byron is meeting with Garibaldi and he is asking for permission to address the Council for the Alliance. Garibaldi wants to know what it is that he plans to talk to him about, as he needs to know what to ask Sheridan about. Byron scans Garibaldi uh, and says he knows about the attacks against the shipping lanes. He says his information could calm them down and has to be told to what uh, has to be told to all of them at the same time. So basically, what it, I'm going to have to summarize that a bit better than I've written it down. I think so. I, this is a bit I didn't like. Byron scans Garibaldi's mind so that he can find out some information that he can tell Garibaldi about uh, to make it look as though he wants to talk to Sheridan about that information. Now, thats I didn't think that was ethical. I didn't think they were allowed to do that. I know these guys are not in the psychor and they're not sort of bound by any rules. But even so, that he's been a little bit naughty there by scanning Garibaldi and using the information in that way. I'm surprised... Mm. That... Just another reason not to like Exactly, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, I thought, yeah, okay. Byron addresses the council. He gets Lita to hand out some reports which contain information on how the Vorlons created the telepaths. He asks the Alliance to help, for help by giving them a homeworld of their own. Sheridan says he's, he's out of order. Byron says it will happen. He says just over the last few days, they have scanned all of the races in the room and they know all of their secrets. If they don't give them what they want, those secrets will be revealed. Sheridan, Garibaldi and Delenn try to work out what they can do about Byron's bombshell. Look, they were very smart in not saying exactly what they knew. Unless they do a deep scan, a telepath can only pick up what you're thinking at the moment. But who the hell remembers every passing thought they had for two days? Leaving everyone to assume they know the most damaging information possible. Yeah. 
Which begs the question, what are we going to do about it? Perhaps they are right. Delenn puts forward Byron's concerns. It is true that the Borlons guided their evolution, creating telepaths for their own purposes, to serve our needs in the war. Perhaps we do have an obligation to them. Fine, I'll set them up a trust fund, but a homeworld of their own, come on. If you were hated by your own race, forced to join the Psychor, or forced to take drugs to inhibit your talents for the rest of your life, if you had been hunted and enslaved by the others, would you not want a place of your own? A place where others like you could gather safely without fear of persecution? Sharon hates it when she is right. Okay, I grant you, on a strictly idealistic level, it's understandable. But they did it the wrong way, the inconvenient way. I seem to recall the Earth President saying the same thing to you after your civil war. I hate it that she has a memory, don't you? Damned inconvenient. Shikar is eating again, as he has to keep up his strength, in case Malari is attacked. Malari is called to see the regent by Minister Vitari. As they walk along the corridors, they are followed by men in cloaks wielding large daggers. Jakar makes sure Malari is okay and fights the attackers. A door slams shut, leaving Malari on his own. However, Minister Vol appears and says that Malari should never have come back and is an obstacle to his ambitions. He throws a knife at Malari straight to his chest, but as it is about to pierce his clothing, the knife turns around and flies straight back into Minister Vol's heart, killing him. Which heart? I don't know. It could have been any of them. Malari turns round and sees an alien with bright red eyes. Just then, the door opens and Shikar comes in with an attacker in a headlock. And when Malari looks back, the alien has gone. Byron is upset that one of his telepaths has gone to get supplies. They need to stick together. If they split up, anything could happen. Just then, Lita has a vision of the telepath being beaten up by a drazi. The telepaths with Byron leave to help their comrade, getting weapons on the way. The telepaths kill the Drazi and rescue their fallen comrade. Byron is distraught. Sheridan is in the council chamber with his head in his hands when Zack Allen turns up. Lockley wants Zack to bring in all the telepaths, which is about 150 people. As of now, Sheridan revokes his protection of the telepaths and Zack goes to put the order in place. Byron's response is to lock all the doors and weld them shut. When the food runs out, Maybe people's feelings towards them will soften. But one of the telepaths disagrees. He doesn't want to go back to the way things were before. He proposes that they split up and strike back, revealing the secrets that they have stolen. They will fight and kill if necessary. He has tools, weapons that he took from the Drazi, and they can get more. Byron says those who want to leave may leave, but he is going to stay. Some leave, some stay. Minister Vitari is glad that Malari has escaped the assassination attempt. Malari asks Vitari uh, if he had set him up, as he was the one who told him that the regent had called for him. He bumbles and blusters, but it is obvious he was in on it. Malari asks him where the regent is, and he says he doesn't know, but when Jakar asks, he says he has disappeared. As they are talking to him, an arm appears and waves towards Malari and Jakar. They follow it to the throne room. The regent is behind the throne, giggling. <laughs> regent! <laughs> regent Farini! Hello, Malari. Beautiful night, isn't it? As nights go, and they go so quickly now. 
Are you all right? Yes, yes. No. But it was them that saved Malari. I, I, I'm glad we got there in time to save you, Malari. You know, you were the only one who treated me fairly when Cartagia was here. But he's still here, isn't he? His legacy. And it was you who saved me? No. Not exactly. It was them. But who are they? They like you, you know. That's why they saved you. They say you are just like them. They say... They say you have much in common. They? Who are they? Shh. Quietly, Londo. Quietly. You will follow me. You will be emperor soon. Yes. They have a message for him. I'm sorry. I'm so... so sorry. They have a message for you. They say, we know you have been asking about our supplies and ships. They say, let it go. You will understand it all soon enough. They will speak one more time before the end. No, I want to understand it now. No. No, you don't. If you have ever believed me before, Londo, believe me now. You still have time. Enjoy it. Run in the sunlight. Eat, laugh. Like a fool. You have so little time. You should go now. Quickly. Regent. We will speak one more time before the end. Go now. Go on. When Londo leaves the Regent, he sees an alien hiding in the wings and says... I didn't say anything, as a tentacle wraps around his neck. Malari is lying in bed, awake, and calls Shikar. He says tomorrow morning they will arrange for the first transport back to Babylon 5. He says for the first time ever, being in the royal court has frightened him, and wonders what they are doing with the Centauri ships. Zach Allen uh, speaks over the Tannoy and says that he knows what Byron has done with the access hatches and asks them to surrender or they will be in direct confrontation with their forces. If they don't surrender at uh, at the orders of the president, they cannot be held responsible for their consequences. Byron says, when the time comes, he will ask Lita to leave and asks her to promise him that she will do it. Dum-dum-dum. And you know what else we promise? We promise to play a a promo for another podcast in every episode of the Epsilon 3. The Earth Station One podcast has been bringing your inner geek out to play for the past 13 years. Over this time, we've seen things change in the world of geek and podcasting alike. And your friends here at ESO are looking to change also. We are now giving you double the fun by coming to you twice a week. And not just in audio, but now you can see our lovely faces up on YouTube. 
Join Mike and Mike as we celebrate our 700th episode and beyond. Earth Station One is proud to be a founding member of the ESO Network. And the trivia. This episode's title is the first half of the proverb, In the kingdom of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. Uh, attributed to Erasmus of Rotterdam. I think pretty much all knew that. Ian Ogilvie, Lord Jarno, is the husband of Catherine Holcomb, who was previously married to Bruce Boxleitner. Mm-hmm. There you go. The micro- a microphone is, is visible when Londo speaks to the Centauri regions. The microphone is visible at the far right-hand side of the screen between the edge of the throne and the frame. As the regent moves out from behind the throne, the microphone is clearly being pulled back. And that's so you can hear him giggling when he enters the room, which I did spot. Yeah, I actually spotted that um, when I was looking. I was wondering if that was a deliberate thing or whether they were like, that was something I've noticed because I never noticed when there's like, they say, oh yeah, look in the top left corner, you see the microphone. I never noticed that, but that was, it was very obvious there on the side of the, the throne. Yes. And I wondered if they were just, it was the microphone or whether it was actually supposed to be something that was there. Yeah. It was, it was so obvious it was there. It was so obvious. It was a, a, literally a microphone on the end of a pole, you know, it was, it was like, <laughs> like Freddie Mercury was trying to sing something in the corner. <laughs> so Sean, are there any Star Trek connections? I'm afraid not, Paul. Oh, that's two in a row. Good grief. So, ratings. Uh, we give our ratings out of five uh, for Babylon 5. And IMDb uh, give those out of 10. They have given this a 7.2, which is uh, a decent score, I think. Uh, so, Sean, what did you give this episode? Yeah, you know what? Uh, way better than last week's episode. Who knows what's to come in the weeks ahead, but... Uh... It, it was it was good. It had uh, even though it had the Byron stuff, we're, we're getting that storyline close to wrapped up by the looks of things. So that makes me somewhat happy. Uh, the, the scene with Londo and the Regent at the end, all, all I put down for my notes was Londo and Regent because it was so intricate and so involved and, and giggling and everything. It was just great. It was like a one. So that that really brought up the uh, the episode. No pastels just darkness you know like that, that was fantastic um so pretty good episode uh give it a a, a 3.5 okay middle of the road road episode there uh dan what did you give this uh yeah as we mentioned with the byron stuff uh i didn't like the fact that he uh scanned garibaldi to sort of get the information so already now we've already got a character we didn't care about and now we really hate and then we get to hate him even more in the next time we see him because he's blackmailing the entire alliance. It's not the fact that he's just got a bit of information. He's trying to use it to his advantage. He is an information terrorist, um, you know, in the same way that a cyber criminal would be today. They, you know, download and get a load of uh, classified emails and then they try and blackmail or, or um, turn it to their advantage. Yeah, just give him a planet and then bomb the entire planet at this point. Really don't care about it. Uh, I you know, I don't really see how he thinks that that's an advantage. Having one place where all of the telepaths are going to be together when they're being hunted still by the Psychor, that's they're going to get hunted down. Like right? He's making it easier for his enemies. 
like it's easier to stay in the cover of Babylon 5. Why is he biting the hand he feeds him? It, it doesn't make any sense to me mm-hmm. at all. Um, right. And yes, as, as soon as he says it to Lita, as soon as he says, run away from me, she needs to run for the hills. She needs to get as far away from this man as possible. So, yeah, don't care about that. Uh, the um, double act, the, the murder investigation and trying to figure out what's going on in the royal court, way more interesting. I, you know, I'm captivated by both those actors. They were working so well together. Then you get Ian Ogilvy and that one scene. And I, like you say, I just enjoyed it. It was like watching a play with two actors who know their craft and they're just whacking at each other uh, and just really bringing it together. Um, uh, yeah, we get to see pastels again. So I always enjoy that. Uh, and we kind of now get the Drac coming forward, like having him standing there in the corridor and like mentally projecting the knife back into um, uh, Vitari's uh, chest. It, it, yeah, it, we're bringing in an, a, a thing that I wanted back right at the very beginning of this season. I wanted the Drac. I wanted a callback to the shadows. I want to back to a, a nice and interesting villain and forget the telepaths. So, yes, it's a step in the right direction. I, you know, as you were recapping it, I started at 3.5, but I'm going to edge it up because I think I really enjoyed those Jakar and Lando scenes. So I'm going to go 3.8. Oh, okay. That's uh, very close to what I've got it as. So, yes, the, um, I I sort of, this episode was um, a little bit more of a revelation to me for, you know, because we all know that we, you know, Byron can't stand him. Oh, you know, he's, His attitudes all wrong and and all this, but he did he did bring up a good point in this, where he said that they were created as weapons of the Vorlons, but of course now that the war is over, what do they do? What are they for? And that's a fair point. And what where is their place in society and and etc. So it does make you think, but nobody's interested because you know they were tools of the enemy effectively. You know, that's what they were designed to be. Um. So yeah, so nobody really cares for them. So it, it's a bit of a sad situation that they're in, and you can you can understand why that they are doing what they're doing. So I got a bit more sympathy for them out of this than I have previously. I still don't like Byron. <laughs> I think um, his underling who decided he wanted to go out and kill everybody anyway was a bit of an idiot. So yeah, um, but there's no. I'm just not invested in their story. There's, they they haven't made it good enough that I feel for them. That you know that I. I want to sort of help them because they're not helping themselves. And then, you know, the decisions they're making, it's just, you've got no sympathy for them. So they are a waste of time. And they, you know, in my mind, um, but then we move on to the, um, the I Claudius part of the thing. Thanks Dan, for putting <laughs> that in my mind, because I hadn't thought of it like that. It is a, a very much a Royal court from a, uh, a Roman theater. If you like it's, it, it is a, you know, a, a Caesar moment. Um, you could have had a whole, as you say, a spin-off just with the two of, of Shikar and, and Londo, but you could even have like a side, you know, a separate series for um, you know, for everything happening in the Royal Court of the Centauris. Um, there's far more intrigue in this and a, and a you know, a less of the wars and the attacking and more of the political machinations going on behind that that planet. That would have been a good uh, a good series. And I think this episode particularly highlights what it could have been. Um, it is an excellent piece of work. It is well-directed, well-acted, uh, well-written. Um, it, it's, it's a joy to watch. Um, and all in such a small studio, a small set, because it's just corridors and a room, couple of rooms. So um, very well done. Nice little bottle show, if you like. 
Uh, then the intrigue with, like I say, the throwing the knife, turns around and comes away from him. I, I had totally forgotten that. I sort of vaguely remembered this episode, but that bit I had totally, totally forgotten about. I was not expecting that whatsoever. So that was a good, uh, a nice little twist. Um, so, yeah, overall, I mean, I've given this a 3.75. I think I'm being a little bit disingenuous because that's really sort of like just above average for my episode. This is more than just above average for me. Um, it does get dragged down, however, by the telepath. So maybe, I mean, 3.8 is probably about right. Uh, I'm, but I've said 3.75, so I'll keep it at that. Uh, so, yeah, sort of slightly above average episode. Okay, so... That is the end of this episode. Join us again next week when we will be discussing Season 5, Episode 9, A Tragedy of Telepaths. Just send them all to the Markab homeworld. (laughs) (laughs) Just give them to the cycle. I'm not bothered. Anything. Yeah. Goodbye. (laughs) Just put them on the planet far away where they can dream about babies all day. (laughs) There you go. as one does. If you have any thoughts on this episode, why not send in some feedback to the epsilon3 at gmail.com. That's three, spelled T-H-R-E-E, not the number. Or you can find us on our Facebook page. Just search for the Epsilon 3. Now, if you have any other problems, any other questions at all, just ask This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.